Cheers that. Cheers that, mate. Okay. R-E-E-L-R-O-T-T-N. Real rotten. And that's our new intro that we're not going to use. I think you forgot again. the E. R-O-T-T-N. <laughs> uh, it would have worked perfectly had it not been for that. And that voice that you're hearing, the sultry tones on the uh, across of the small bedroom to me, is uh, my good friend and new co-host, Stephen Ramirez. Hi, all. Uh, thanks. Glad to be here. Uh, glad to be a part of this uh, monumentous event. So Steve and I got good news and bad news and good news and bad news. So there's four all together. Uh, which do you want first? Um, just give me just give me the uh, ladder. The ladder one. The ladder first. Okay. Well, the ladder good news is that everybody that didn't like listening to Essie on the podcast doesn't have to worry about that for a little while. Why is that? Because the bad news is Essie moved to New York. That's a terrible call. And I know what you're thinking. Essie, he could just call in, but Essie does not have the technical capabilities right now to call in and be part of this podcast. So I recruited a new host, and it is my friend and movie buff, film critique-er, and uh, critique-er, overall, I like overall that. good guy, Stephen Ramirez. Stephen, tell us a little something about yourself. Hi all, uh, uh, name Steven Ramirez, uh, remember the name, um, yeah, uh, living in, where, where you're hearing this podcast right now actually is in the bedroom of my, uh, shared apartment here in beautiful downtown Oakley, California, um, and now you know why Steven is the co-host, he has a bedroom available to record in, exactly, there's nothing going on in this bedroom, don't worry folks. Only podcasting, obviously. Yeah. Well, you know, it's still sexy in its own way. In I its mean, it's sexy now. Sexy Podcasts barren walls uh, with a portrait of Johnny Cash uh, uh, above my uh, bedpost. So that that tells you so much about my life. Yeah, well, Johnny, what Johnny Cash always says, I don't take credit, I only take cash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only way you're going to score uh, methamphetamines. Yeah, and, and we're here for our newest episode of Real Rotten. A new movie came out a couple weeks ago called American Made, starring... Beautiful, beautiful Tom Cruise. Starring beautiful Tom Cruise. And uh, we decided we wanted to do a Tom Cruise movie, and we found his best, worst movie that we could possibly I do. was surprised. I was surprised. Tom Cruise, five stars across the board. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I mean, at least during that time, he was five stars across the board. I mean, time. yeah. He, he didn't become a joke until at least the couch incident. And even then, he wasn't that much of a joke. No. But now he, now he's evolved. Because into... because you excuse his, um, what is it, religious affiliations or something? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. science. Some people, discount, science some people discount his religious affiliations. I say, you know what, leave it, leave it be. He's yeah. not doing anything He wrong. just thinks that lizards... Our people. Yeah, he thinks that souls are trapped in everybody's body through continuous uh, reincarnation cycle and that we should uh, avoid the overlord Xenu. I don't know. Oh, what's so bad about that? I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, the world's crazy, folks. Don't worry but about we're, it. We're not a uh, 
a religious podcast or a politics mm-hmm. podcast. We are a bad movies podcast. We're over it. And we're here to talk about Cocktail. Mike, Mike, look at that. Look at that. You see that city out there, kid? See that big town? One day we're going to own that town. You and me. <laughs> what do you think of that? Classic. Starring Tom Cruise. A.K.A. the classic. But before we get into that, we wanted to talk about movie news for a little bit. Movie news. And now it's time for movie news. Oh, yeah. You guys can vote on which one you prefer. The the latter. The latter was better. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars. The last... GD? The last the last Jedi. Um, oh, Jedi. The the rumor is is that translated in multiple languages. This is what someone told me today. Uh translated in multiple languages, the the translation is the last Jedi's. So plural Jedi's. So go figure on that. But then again, well, that Jedi can be plural, not that. Oh, well, no, that the movie title is supposed to be called The Last Jedi's, like Star Wars episode what 8? Star Wars episode 8 The Last Jedi's. It's it's that's what the title is apparently in different countries. So so going back to the to um to the to to the movie. The, the new trailer just released yeah. uh, what 24 hours ago here it is the 10th of October. Yes. 2017. The the trailer. What you what you think of it? Like what were your thoughts? Like you're you you consider yourself a, a middling Star Wars fan like myself. I I would think I would think so. So what's your opinions of it because I know you have friends in your life that are just about to scream at you for what you're about to say my star wars opinion has changed over the years i used to be part of the star wars snob group Mm. that um really cared about star wars and like elevated it to more than it was what was their prominent years this club uh this must have been before the prequels okay or even during the prequels when everybody took like that hard stance on it so like fourth fifth grade yeah no so like (laughs) Ninth, ninth grade. I oh, think, ninth grade. Okay. I think we ran from high school to go watch the prequel. Uh, oh, to watch because yeah, Revenge of the Sith came out. I think in like two thousand five or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like we we booked it to get in line for that. But uh, I used to used to think that it was more than it was, and then now as an as a movie going adult and somebody who has laxed his uh, movie snobbery, I would say I have realized that. There's no reason to ever get mad about a Star Wars being better than it should. Like, people people are just like, oh, this is wrong with the first Star Wars. This is wrong with the next Star Wars. Or this is wrong with, like, the latest Star Wars or Force Awakens and, and Rogue One. And I'm just like, these are just entertaining movies. These are yeah. not being held to the standard of, like, an art house. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is not Oscar bait. Like, people are acting like when you make a Star Wars movie, it needs to be an Oscar movie. But... I just don't see that anymore. I just want to go in and be entertained by movies. So everybody that's just like, it was New Hope all over again. I'm like, okay, I love New Hope. Everybody loved New Hope. New that's, Hope is that's what made everybody might be my favorite Star Wars. I mean, I mean forty I like years ago, that was an opinion to Empire Strikes Back, but yeah, forty years ago, that was the most revolutionary movie ever. Like, yeah, like everybody saw that movie multiple times. Everybody loved that movie. This was the, the and if they just happens to rehash it, then they rehashed it. But it's not even a rehash. Like, yeah, sort of the same plot. Yeah, they're sort of like go go in and go back and go in and go back to the bad yeah, people's bases. Yeah, but it's bases. a setup. All but setups it's, are the it's, same. When you, it's a hero's journey. Like, yeah. Gonna, it's going to be the same it's at Joseph certain Campbell. points. It's Joseph Campbell. Like, one and it, on one. Was, it was well done and fun. Like, that's really all I wanted. And uh, this next, the trailer actually, I mean, first of all, I'll confess I'm a Ryan Johnson guy. Ryan Johnson. Love me some Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Looper. 
uh, Brick, like you know, he he's 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 a class he's yeah, a classic he's, director, and he and he hasn't even that many movies movies uh, to his yeah, credit. I loved Looper. Like I didn't Looper's care about like, the the timeline plot. God holes. damn that makeup on Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, he looks so okay, much that, like Bruce Willis. Yeah, that was kind of weird, but uh, that was great. I loved it. But yeah, I I will say I am actually more excited after seeing that trailer. I will mm-hmm. take that stance because that was actually uh, a trailer that I hope was misleading a little bit. Yeah, you know it is. Yeah, they're, they're, know, they're just baiting be. people. Like yeah. if if you're not on the low end of the spectrum, like you're you're gonna notice like oh they're trying to bait people like thinking oh she's gonna go with him whatever. I'm not. I, I don't know if we should spoil it the whole way. Well, it's the tenth. I mean, like, if you haven't seen it by now and you're a Star Wars fan, like, like, come on, come on, come on. It's literally two minutes of your time. You could, you could pause right now. I'm gonna give you a second to pause. Welcome back. Glad you watched the trailer. I can't believe the ending ends with with Ray like cutting to Kylo Ren, sh- sh- you know, throwing out his hand, and then the whole the whole like gimme scene of Kylo Ren and the Tie Fighter attacking. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, yeah. what the Come fuck on. is that? Come I mean, on, that's just giveaway. Yeah, and then you got the throw in the throw in cute character. Um, I'm pretty excited about I'm these excited new about cute it. characters. Yeah. I I am always. I forget a what they are. The character fan. The story behind it is that um, they had to recut the movie and add more of the cuteness. The whatever that cute character is, God they added it. it more into the movie. Like, I can see Ryan Johnson making a slightly darker movie than Disney wanted. Absolutely, and, and Disney's like, you know, what? we'll give you that, but we got yeah, we'll Furbies. Need, we need there. more. Uh, we need these sales. We, yeah, need, we need these need, alien Furbies up. We in need here. to sell these new Furbies that we're gonna create. Even though Furbies were just the worst. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, where it pays to not be a fucking nerd. Exactly. Um, because nerds just get their hopes up more than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's all the movie news time we have to be honest because uh we just started ranting about star wars but we're here to talk about cocktail we're here to talk about cocktail the uh the joint not by anybody that you know is by your boy roger donaldson roger donaldson roger donaldson known for dante's peak god what a great movie the recruit i don't know about that movie i didn't watch it the bank job I wanted to watch that. I heard that was a good one. I've almost seen that movie with Jason times. Statham. Yeah, yeah. It was same here, same here. I've, and world's I've, fastest Indian. Oh yeah, with uh, Anthony with Hopkins. Anthony. Isn't he naked in that uh, in that movie? Oh man, I would watch it. Anthony Hopkins that. naked. I think I'm pretty sure he's naked in that movie. So it was also written by Haywood Gould. Haywood Gould, who wrote the novelization of Cocktail yeah. as well. Not based, not related to at all. Elliot Gould. A famous actor from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Or Dana Gould, the actor. Or Dana Gould, actor, comedian, uh, writer. Yeah. Or Gould member. Or Gould. Gould I member. love Gould! Yeah, yeah. Instead of Gould, it was, he just loved Elliot Gould and Dana Gould material. Uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> starred in the film. Of course. How uh, could you not mention Tom Cruise yeah. when you think cocktail? Yeah. Cocktail, Tom Cruise. I like, think there's Tom nothing Cruise else. smiling, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I think about. It's it's, it's yeah. The, I can picture the VHS. He's box. got so many teeth in his mouth that he, but he shows them all. Oh my god! It's the most impressive. Everybody's part about got him. that many teeth. That's the thing. But he shows them all. And the other impressive thing about Tom Cruise, which wasn't in this movie, which I was slightly disappointed by, is the fact that he used to just rock a unibrow all of the time. Oh yeah. I am so. He's that is the one redeeming factor of Tom Cruise, in my opinion, is that. He used to rock a unibrow like nobody's business. Coming from two dudes who could totally rock unibrows oh, yeah. if they didn't do male grooming. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's so, like, empowering. If, if, if there's anything that's part of this movie that's, that's, that's either disenfranchising or empowering at the same time, it's that 
he decided to block the brow. Yeah. You can't block I, the brow if you if they, you did it initially. Maybe they just wanted a clean cut bartender look. Or that's maybe the that's look, when though. he got self conscious and the joined look. Scientology, and then they were just like, the unibrow attacks. It was li- probably the, it attracts lizards. It I was mean, the turning point of pop culture for America. If Tom Cruise embraced the unibrow, I'm I'm serious. It wouldn't be a controversy that Anthony Davis would have a unibrow today. True. Yeah. And uh, Brian Brown. Brian Brown also in this movie. Known for films like Long Came Pauly as Leyland. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue, the the classic eighties girlfriend girlfriend actress. She's not wife actress yet. She's the wife yeah, actress girlfriend nowadays. Girlfriend actress, but wife material. Was total wife material. Like oh she is God. the girl in every eighties movie you could think of where she is the winning woman. Like you're gonna end up with Elizabeth Shue at the end. Yeah, she was. She She's was, wholesome. She was the one that I always heard about growing up that I'd never seen any of her movies because she kind of dropped off, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, People would always talk about Elizabeth Shue, Elizabeth Shue, and then I finally saw like her movies and was just like, oh. Adventures in Babysitting? Yeah. No, I Karate Kid? She was the love interest in the Karate Kid? Yeah, I get Elizabeth Shue. I would lock it down in a second if I was uh, not born the year after this movie came out. Oh, yeah, unless you want to go after that, you know, 57-year-old. I'm sure she's married. Yeah, and lastly, we got Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. Who plays the... uh, Photographer slash first girlfriend of our hero, Brian Flanagan. Brian Flanagan. Played by Tom Cruise. Played by Tom Cruise. Coral. She's in the movie for, what, ten minutes? No, not even that. Not even even that. Three to four minutes. Yeah. We'll get to that. I'm going to tell you five movies in a row, and you tell me which movie does not fit. Okay? So we're starting with Top Gun, The Color of Money, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, Cocktail. I mean, the, 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 they're all great movies, obviously. Uh, not, not to mention the elephant in the room, but they're all just fantastic movies in general. I would say, though, the one that doesn't fit would be Cocktail. It is unbelievable that he made Cocktail in the middle of that five movie run. Absolutely. That that's, is that's unheard insane. of. That's crazy. When you he think got about it. for Born for July, Top Gun. Cult classic, Color of Money, my possibly my favorite Tom Cruise movie. So they started. So what was his break? His breakout in between Cocktail. Like what were what were his hard hitters? Tom Cruise was a hard hard hitter in the eighties. He went Top Gun and Color of Money before Cocktail. The Top Gun was eighty seven. Eighty six. And so and was Color of Money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And and then eighty eight was Cocktail. And then eighty nine was what? What did he? What did he get the next year? Because the Fourth of July. Before the Fourth of July. That was all of his stuff. And then Far and Away, and then if you could. Well, people shit on Days of Thunder. Believe it or not, it's oh, yeah, Days of Thunder's say. what? What William Friedkin? That William Friedkin's so hit and miss. Yeah. Friedkin, Friedkin, Friedkin. I like Friedkin, because he fries his kin. But yeah, he, I mean, this was this was an, an a quote unquote anomaly. People thought they were gonna go crazy over it, um, but it turned out to be a flop. Like no, no one really liked it. It was it was a summer movie. If I if I if I do uh, talking about cocktail, co- talking about going back to cocktail, like like in between Top Gun, in between. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you more about it. It was okay. So it was uh, produced by Touchstone Pictures, owned by Disney. Owned by Disney. How could you not go wrong? Yeah, Disney, Disney rated Disney our movie about rated booze. Our Tom Cruise movie about booze. About booze and, not about and women's because you didn't see any boobs in it. Uh, uh, you saw a little Gina Gershon nipple. I'm not gonna. Uh, this ain't the Mr. Skin podcast, but I'm here to tell you, Gina Gershon shows naked. Radar, 104 minutes. 104 Rod, minutes. Rod Tomatoes rating. It's an hour and 44 minutes. Can you believe that? That this movie is an hour and 44 minutes. 
Rotten Tomatoes rating is 5%. Two fresh reviews, 37 Rotten Reviews. 58% audience approval. And then in the budget, $20 million it cost to make, which seems about right. That's a, that's a huge movie in the 80s. Yeah. That's like a $55, 65000000 million movie yeah, so today. Yeah, when you say flop, it made $11 million opening weekend. It made half its budget opening weekend. Yeah. It made $78 million U.S., and it made 171 worldwide. Well, 171 worldwide, but what's the span of that? Is that from like 88 to 90? If that's from like 88 to 90, then then I believe that. They but usually, they from usually... 1990 to 2017... Oh, no, yeah. oh, no. To now, it's way more. The majority now. of money it makes is from uh, royalties from the Superstation TBS. Oh, definitely. Like, for sure. Like, TBS, your favorite, uh, your favorite local channel that airs nothing but 70s and 80s movies, this is definitely on their, uh, on their list. And now it's time for blurbs. Blurbs. This is where we talk about our favorite blurbs from the uh, Rotten Tomatoes website uh, from critics. So uh, Stephen's going to start us off. If you even want to call them critics, I mean, geez. They I really... mean, personally, I, I took the took the move off Essie and started going to top critics. For, oh, well, no. I'm, so that way I'm I, going I, in That deep. way I get legit opinions. I not, mean. Not some guy from the Arizona Star. Please well, don't tell me you have somebody from the Arizona Star. No, no, no. I no, got you have, you have legit publications. Not really. No. Ish. No. Okay. Not really. We'll start us off. But they're anyway. the best ones, anyways. Yeah, go. Um. <laughs> so the first one I gotta I, I gotta uh, give some uh, background to. This woman is uh, Mary Han Mary Ann Johansson, uh, from the Flake Philosopher, and it's a reputed it's a reputable uh, publication because they spell philosopher with an F, so it's Flick Philosopher double F. So, so Marianne Johansson. It's niche. You re, you re, it's niche. It's so niche. So Nietzsche. Nietzsche? Nietzsche? Yeah, no, Nietzsche. Yes, Nietzsche. Right. Yeah, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Anyways, uh, Marianne, Marianne Johansson writes, At least cocktail isn't offensive, dot, dot, dot. Unless you're insulted by losing two hours of your life, two hours you'll never get back to a boring movie with the emotional depth of a Harold Robbins novel. Um, I don't know what a Harold Robbins novel is. I don't think I've ever read one in my life. But I think her what her opinion. I mean, was, honestly, the name Harold Robbins. I'm not gonna read that book. This is a ni- This is a 1988 reference, and Harold Robbins apparently is like a major bestseller. As in, uh, like Dean Koontz is a bestseller. I mean, Dean Koontz. That sounds. That's a cool name. I would read that book. But, but look, Dean Koontz I, is I the saw bomb. A book that said Harold Robbins. The book's name is. Hello, I still wouldn't. Yeah. I would not read that. Yeah, if it's called like uh, the Strangler at Midnight, it's like, eh, yeah, it could be it'll like 30, probably be lost. Second Avenue. Yeah, it's gonna be horrible. Uh, but it, yeah, yeah, apparently he's like a. But I agree. With when that. you when yeah, this is nineteen eighty eight. So I'm gonna put this in perspective. When you think of nineteen eighty eight, think of the uh, pulp novel you see at the airport as you're trying to fly like six hours to Chicago. And this is nineteen eighty eight. You don't have no batteries for your Walkman. You have no batteries for your Walkman. What are you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna read the New York Times? Yeah. What are you gonna read the the, the, the Economist? Like no, I want to read a book. That's like forty five minutes. Of a Michael book. Crichton ain't the man back then. Like he's he's hit and miss all the time. The, but but you got a uh, but you got Michael uh Harold Robbins over here. Anyways, so that's when you think of Harold Robbins. You think of a pulp novel with like a very low hum, low frequency sort of uh, appeal. My second quote. Am I gonna say my second quote? Or do you want to save that for? Well, you already you already let into it. So you might as well go for it. All right. Well, my, my second quote. Um, another reputable website. Uh, efilmcritic.com. 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 This is named Eric, 
His name is Oz. Okay, so that 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 means the E channel probably. Yeah, right? it's like it's okay. like yeah, it's like E as in. It's like not just some internet. guy named some guy named Eric saying E thefilmcritic.com. Hey, I'm E. I'm I'm E the film critic. Uh, put me on Rotten Tomatoes. Put me on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, I like this review. movie. It's sure a lot of tits. This <laughs> this guy's name is Oz. Um, if you go to the full review, it's basic HTML. That just goes to show you how old this uh this uh, review is. Anyways. One, one uh, sentence, three words. Yeah, it's watchable. That's really all you can say about this movie. I mean, it's watchable. Honestly, that, yeah, that that sounds like true. It's watchable. All right, so so, so what are so your what are your I, blowouts I went there, top sir? critic with mine. I got Jonathan Rosenbaum oh, from the you, Chicago Reader. Who do you think? You're special everybody knows Everybody knows that guy. Yeah, sure. You know, right? His, uh, his critique was also three words long, one sentence, and it was uh, very, comma, very stupid. Yeah, I love it. And uh, I like that. I just like that it was short and concise to the point. I uh, I understand that I might not agree with that, or that uh, people in their probably fifties nowadays will not agree with that. Um, which leads to my second review from Roger Ebert. How do you how do you, Oh, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Of the Chicago Sun Times, he said. The more you think about what really happens in cocktail, the more you realize how empty and fabricated it really is. And I found that that's my problem with cocktail as I've analyzed it is that the more that I've thought about this movie, the more I realize like why the fuck have I watched this movie four times? Yeah, yeah, that's that's I really the, it. I I even remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, "Oh, cocktails on demand." Like, why not? Tom Cruise is one of his more famous flicks. Watched it and I was like, okay, that was enjoyable. Watched it the second time and I was like, oh, okay. Wait, you watched it the first time and you thought how enjoyable it was? I thought it was enjoyable my first time. Well, I, I think it's enjoyable now. You gotta but... give some context about the first time you watched it where you were you like, uh, it was like date night, where you're like just drunk coming home and you needed something to watch to fall asleep to. I like, was what, what, what's going on? More than likely inebriated. Inebriated. Okay. And uh, so I watched it. Enjoyable. And. The fourth time that I watched it, which was for this podcast, I was like, this fucking movie. This fucking movie. fucking believable that they pulled, they pulled this off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you, but you got to believe it because it's the 80s. Anything could happen in the 80s. This 80s was Neverland for the American society. Yeah. 80s was when Sylvester Stallone did a bunch of cocaine and then wrote Rocky IV. Rocky IV? Yeah. He's like... I can beat the Russians. Yeah, he was just like, "What's? I'll just write six montages and then the movie's made." Right? Yeah, it's all pro America. Yeah. And now it's time to get into the movie that is known as Cocktail, made in 1988, and uh, we're gonna take a brief second to refill our glasses with cocktails. With delicious cocktails. No, I'm looking for a job. I see. This is the Upper East Side, the saloon capital of the world. Big time. Are you ready for the big time young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. Cocktail. What can be said about Cocktail besides that it is a movie about bartending? That's really all that needs to be said. But is is it? Is what I... That's... See, that's... What I'm struggling with is because was this a bartending movie or a rom-com-ish? What is the genre of this film? Is it drama? There's jokes, I guess. 
you'd have to call it a drama because there's yeah. dramatic moments in it, especially towards the end. But here's the thing. It's, it's one of those movies where everybody knows it is this movie that could only exist in the 80s. So it's the movie. It's an 80s movie. The quintessential. That's, that's literally the genre. One of the quintessential late 80s movies. I was thinking about this. Uh, between like 1988 when this movie was made and 1992, it was this, de- this, this little era of over-the-top craziness that was going on in movie theaters and music and whatever and it culminated with like the start of grunge and the start of like gangster rap you know because like right in its roots was 88 to 92 of the bro genre before it was bro absolutely this movie now would be bro movie absolutely like like i don't know how anybody in 1988 took this movie seriously and went and saw this movie and was like this movie's so inspirational i love this movie yeah it's a self-help movie found love yeah okay so let's just start so we open up on a car pulling a bus over yeah it's a cop car uh uh unmarked cop car driving an unmarked cop car in rural blah blah blah. i want to assume upstate new york upstate new york ish sure and uh all of his army buddies dressed up as if they're army guys he's super friends with the mps which which uh, i i don't know i'm not a military like background i I mean when i first saw it i didn't even think he was an army guy until you find out like right after that he he was in the army until yeah this movie by the way is a nice commentary on how veterans can't get jobs after work yeah yeah if you go into the military straight after after high school yeah if you go to the military straight after high school you're supposed to get an education um which is what the GI Bill is supposed to do, but apparently that doesn't befall Tom Cruise. Apparently, he's like, ah, GI Bill, I'll just go work for my uncle. Yeah, Meh. he just yeah, he just, just wanted to keep New York City and, and, and live my life, and and I'll work for my uncle for the time being, and then I'll uh, go, uh, I'll just walk in the office like I'm somebody. But then later on, he says that I left Queens to yeah. come to Ma- to come to the city. To come and to I'm the like, city is to make it Queens in the city? This yeah. could just be ignorant ass California guy talking, but still, like Queens, I consider. I mean, even now, maybe it's like the Oakland to the city. Queens used to be a very residential, very not like hip yeah, part so of the then, New York yeah. for sure. But now everybody has to move to Queens because it's affordable. It's it's like the yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. He goes for jobs. Of course, it's Goes and looks for jobs on Wall Street. Hey, I read... Yeah. The first line is... I've always wanted to work on Wall Street. I read the journal. I know what's going on today. <laughs> I read the journal. Tom Cruise does have that uh, that charisma to him, though. I can't believe... He does. He was so convincing. If I wasn't... Uh, if I was a recruiter and not an audience member, I'd be like, yeah, I'd hire you in a minute. For yeah. sure, I'd hire you in a minute. And so he he walks to what I only just found out from Stephen is a uh, TGI Fridays. Not just a TGI Fridays, Nick. I do believe that this is the original TGI Fridays. The TGI Fridays. The the original TGI Fridays was founded in New York in like the 70s, 60s or 70s or something like that. Don't quote me on that. We're just having a conversation. We don't have a a producer here to to verify these facts. But the original TGI Fridays happened in New York City. Fuck Kyle for that. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Kyle. Yeah, edit that shit out, bitch. Uh, But it is a, it is an institution before it became a franchise. Like it was, when you think of a fun, crazy type of bar you would think of TGI Fridays. You wouldn't think of, like, mozzarella sticks. Yeah, you so wouldn't this think was of, like, the, potato This sticks. was the T-TGI Fridays, like, the, the. TGI Fridays. Yeah, the T-T-G-I-F. The, the, thank God, it's Friday. Yeah. 
Yeah, not a not a thank God. It's the one and only thank God. And he walks and he Fridays. walks in and he sees our boy Brian Brown. Brian Brown, the man. Doug Coughlin. Doug Coughlin. 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 I Coughlin. Coughlin's law. That's a, that's Australian, but Coughlin's law. I'm thinking Leyland, yeah. Leyland Van Lu. Um. So Doug Coughlin is in there, and uh, immediately they become they become a, a pair. They become buddies. They yeah. become uh no what is it mentor and protege is that what it is yeah, yeah. mentor and protege yeah immediately we get introduced into Coglin's law I'm looking looking for something better Coglin's law anything else is always something better Coglin's law Douglas Coglin logical negatives flourished in the last part of the twentieth century propounded a set of laws that the world generally ignored. To its detriment. Me. What is his accent in this movie? It's totally Australian. It's Australian? It's definitely Australian. Okay. Like, it's 80s Australian. It's like Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. Like, yeah, he's... Crocodile Dundee had the thickest Australian accent in the 80s. Brian Brown probably has the second or third. Mm -hmm. So, Brian Flanagan, played by Tom Cruise, he becomes a protege to uh, Doug Coughlin, a.k.a. Brian Brown. So... This movie initially starts him out as like a barback slash sort of a, re- a, yeah, like a server a, drink maker, which is different well, than like a bartender. A, yeah, like a bartender. He's, he's, like well, the he's, backup, like the other bartender. Yeah, but he was also catering to the to the waitresses. You didn't see the yeah. waitresses going to Brian Brown. Yeah, yeah. They weren't good. They weren't going to deal with his shit. Yeah, he's doing the cool shit. Anyways, right when he walks into the bar, he learns that uh, Doug's not your average bartender. He's the one. He's the guy who starts flipping uh, shakers. Starts flipping bottles, pouring yeah, differently, doing flare bartending, which I just learned of the, the 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 actual phrasing of it today. I was amazed by this when I first saw a cocktail, like yeah, long I mean, ago. I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I I don't see people wasting alcohol like they do in this movie. Oh yeah, because it's a it, it, it was a real around, thing. It's literally like booze flying everywhere. Like yeah, absolutely in the eighties. Well yeah, like absolutely in the eighties when this when didn't exist. On cocaine and their eyes are like shaking they, back and forth. They, so, they, <laughs> so they need like that extra bit of flair in there. Absolutely, it's it was a way to sell drinks without selling too much. It was like we'll we'll say we'll sell you the sizzle, not the steak. Yeah, which is what that that could be a cocktail right there. Yeah. The sizzle, not the steak. You, 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 we're out at the outback. We sell the sizzle, not the steak. <laughs> so th- they meet and uh, antics Cruise. ensue, hilarity ensues, yeah, Tom Cruise, uh, adventures he, and, he and drunkenness to, behavior yeah, and debauchery ensue. Yeah, we need to state that Brian Flanagan is a go getter. He's a go getter. He is somebody that wants to make a lot of money and really quickly. Think of someone who who went who went to college to be a business administrator, but instead went to the military and still thinks they have a business administration degree. Yeah, and then think of any of your friends that majored in finance. Like this is what he's about. Yeah, if you went to a school graduate. of if you went to a school of economics in college, this is probably a movie that's mirrored in your image. And so they become quick friends, protege, mentor, yes. as we said, and uh, this leads into Brian eventually quitting school. Yeah. Um, they gave him a reason because he insulted a professor, which the professor was a dick. Yeah. And then also numerous uh, cut scenes, which were totally unnecessary of him being like totally confused in the middle of a college course. It's like it's him like looking up like, what What am I doing here? Like, yeah. What's this guy saying? And is he bartending every night? He's, that- he said the, the uh, uh, what's his face? Doug said he'd give him five shifts if he came in after his initial tryout. OK, I can see how you were. 
You could fall asleep. And he's falling asleep in class, and he's just not caring. He's like got bigger ideas already. Already after like working a week at this at this TGI Fridays. Yeah, that's the other thing. It feels like this happens quickly. Like they they try to make it seem like it doesn't. I mean, this whole movie is like three sections, which is the other weird part. It's three act. It's a three act play. It's a three act play, except each act seems unrelated. Mm -mm. Like you could you could honestly watch each act, and it would could be its own thing. They're vignettes, which is not a good thing in a movie no like no, there no, should no. be some sort of con- continuum timeline tom cruise is supposed to be that guy but yeah. he you know he he's is supposed to be he, the goddamn glue he is but he isn't at the same time he's not and uh so then that leads them to to, to they have success at tgf fridays yeah, they, they're playing yeah, they're, the music they're, they're getting the crowds involved he's getting he's getting the eyes of the ladies which is apparently oh, the, the, the main goal according to dove coughlin is just to bang to get the ladies in bed so the guys will buy them drinks, and so they'll make more money. That's yeah. the alleged rule. So they eventually get great success at that, and then some random guy at the bar who just says, "You guys are great. You guys need to be bigger act. Do your bigger thing. I'll invest in you." And they they do their bigger thing. Yeah, and they take that, and then they go work at this weird bar in New York. It's that, the hottest nightclub in New the York. Hottest the New hottest York, night where nightclub just in New York, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh my god! I would go to a bar. I mean, I've been to plenty of poetry bars, but it's not just whenever you want. And I mean, the, it's not. It, it's it's a night specifically for slam poetry. But yeah. here, apparently, they just they cut some, that music. Somebody stands. Oh, yeah. you want to do poetry? We'll cut that music yeah. for you. You want to do it? Pull off the music. Hey, we're going to that guy in the stands. Go to that yuppie poet, the only last, only or last yuppie poet, yeah. whatever that yeah. was. I'd yeah. be like, I'm the last trucker poet of all time. Let I me drive. give you a poem about me trucking. I drive and drive and drive and pee in my car because I can't pull over. It takes too long. Get them piss jugs. <laughs> and uh, so, so they start working there, getting a lot of success. Obviously because, still uh, successful. Gives, the shit. gives his speech. They're sequenced. They're synchronized. They're, they're, they're styling. Oh, yeah. Triple S. We missed the whole montage of Tom Cruise becoming... The best bartender in south of 14th Avenue. And it's not just because he has a pretty face and, and great buns, according to that one chick in that movie. He does have great buns. He does have great buns. If that's you that's see, negligible. If you see the, the picture from Valkyrie, did you see that? A Valkyrie? Yeah, yeah. Everybody look up the Tom Cruise fake butt theory from Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, that's because it's, it's Brian Singer. Brian Singer is so critical of his, of his butt. It's worth a look. So, Brian is not content with being just a regular bartender. He wants to be a millionaire. He wants to, yeah, he wants to own, like, bars. He not only wants to be the bartender, he wants to be the bar owner of multiple bars. First of all, he comes up with the name. Cocktails and Dreams. Hey, that's not a bad name for a joint. Cocktails and Dreams. Cocktails and Dreams. I see it in pink neon. Blink, blink, pinkity blink. That is a little corny, isn't it? I could live with it. Cocktails and dreams. The f- first of all, it's the first idea that they come up with. Yeah, first idea that he hears of. Yeah. Or and or was it? What is it? Whoever idea? comes up with a name on the very first thing. First go. I could hear Apple and Amazon and be like, okay, I could see how that's ambiguous enough <laughs> to be like a cool company name, but the cocktails and dreams. That is just a terrible. It's just if there was a name really of a bar. Me. The the name of the bar. Cocktails and Dreams. I was walking down a street. Bugs the fuck out of me. And I see a bar called This is the Place Where You Drink Poison and Die and a bar called Cocktails and Dreams. I go to the Poison Bar. Oh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time I go to the Poison Bar. 
Cocktails and dreams sounds to me like uh, it's just gonna be rufinol. Yeah. I'm just gonna get rufinol in my you drink. Like I'm gonna cold, wake up with, without a kidney, and and that's it. It's yep. gonna be warm beer, and it's not English beer, so it can't even be justified as warm beer. But yeah, so that's their idea for an actual bar name. Horrible. And then Brian meets the girl of his dreams, which is just a photographer at the bar that he works. Oh, Gina Gershon. She's everybody's. Uh, yeah, uh, Gina woman, Gershon. Woman she's got that. Time. She's got that sexy dark vibe to her. She will have your children, uh, and then she will probably drown them in a tub. That's who Gina Gershon is. She she will be the love of your life until she does something so horrendous to you that uh, that um, it'll be reprehensible, and then you're gonna wish for it back once she's in jail. That's real fucked up. Of course they hook up because he's the yeah. man. Yeah, he's, he's Tom man. Cruise. He's yeah, Tom Cruise. He's, he's Gina Gershon. She wants to take pictures of him. And they show what has to be one of the top five weirdest sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. It's one of the most awkward just scenes in my There's entire no life. There's no way that they could have been actually having sex during that time because it was just no. flailing. It was just... No. It was like they were each strangling each other and getting the upper hand each time. They were... And, they were both, uh, what is that, autoerotic asphyxiating themselves. Yes, that's that's, that's what, what it like. felt like. But this, oh, go ahead, sorry. But I found in the trivia notes why it was like that is because oh, Tom wow. Cruise found out that Gina Gershon had a extreme ticklish belly and that during that take, he tickled her the whole time and it ended up being the take that they used for the movie. Oh, my god which means that all the other takes were so less sexy that they had to use the one where she's literally convulsing from tickling right that's so strange that is so, so 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 strange i have so many questions one how does someone know that to post online to, to as a, rel- a relevant source like i'll believe it out of 56 people found it interesting oh I, i'll be- I, I find it interesting for sure call me yeah. number 57 call yeah. me mr heinz i'll be number 57 that's, on that's that one. your new name yeah mr heinz well, that's your high school nickname right stephen heinz yeah stephen heinz stephen heinz ward um but but so many questions besides that it's like why why did he think that that was cool to do like, uh, were they just late 20s? Like, hey, I'm just going to tell you what we're, we're doing this love scene. I mean, right. after doing a bunch of scenes, I could see how that could happen. Three, why would Roger like like, Why would Roger Donaldson... Like around, but why would they use that one? It's the one that I'm... Yeah, point... He, sh- he should have had a more of a vision for a sex scene. Yeah. But I think we're getting ca- caught up on the sex scene because after that, uh, he's leaving her apartment and she says, like, I'm your girlfriend now. And oh, yeah. To me, I was like, maybe this is an 80s thing, like where you have sex on the first date and you automatically are a girlfriend-boyfriend, but I I was just like, whoa, slow yeah. your roll, girl. Like, I mean, that did happen in the past before. I could I could see that because I think it's more based on the fact that you're not going to see each other that often compared to like if you're on Facebook or on Twitter with yeah, each other. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have to post pictures at oh, all. Oh, I don't got to text. Like, really? They like, just you have to be call. on the payphone at the right yeah, time? Yeah, you got to be on the payphone. You got to have a... a, a you gotta have that phone card. Yeah, that's how you know com- <laughs> commitment. Commitment is being by a payphone when it's you're like, supposed to be by. Are a you payphone worthy? Then then we're going out. Yeah. And uh, so, she comes in the picture, gives Tom Cruise the information that Jamaica is where you make the money. Right. Jamaican the money. Jamaican uh, crazy with that dough. Of course, Coglin, Coglin's law number sixty nine is always dip in and dip out. One and done situation. Never waste your time. Tom Cruise 
I'm gonna waste my time. Disagrees. I like this girl. She has crazy yeah, good sex. Yeah. And then She's next crazy. time we see her, she makes out with. She makes with out with fucking Doug. She makes yeah. out with Doug. Yeah. Like right off the bat, the 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 theory behind that story is that Doug Doug bets that he can he can prove that the relationship will end by the end of the week. Uh, bet like fifty dollars. Or whatever. Be, yeah, she'll be with somebody else by the yeah end. by the end of the week. And by the time the end of the week comes around, she shows up at the bar where they're both working, of course, and they're in sync, but they're not in sync anymore because she she sticks her tongue down his throat and it's yeah, which all craziness leads to fight, and then automatic part two of the story, and then that's the end of yeah, that's the end of Act One, and end of Act One leaves Tom Cruise angry leaving this uh, prison themed bar. Which, by the way, we didn't mention. It's a prison-themed bar, by the way. We're at two levels. They're wearing prison garbs. The the security are wearing... You're uh, talking about the hottest club in New York. The right hottest now. club in New York in 1988. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Prisons so, were big back then. Good good for him. He OJ. decided to, to... I blame OJ. Blow that popsicle stand. You're about six years off, but I know exactly what you're saying. Hey, I still blame OJ. <laughs> he did it. Naked gun. Anyways, so that's the end of Act 1, going into Act 2. Which starts off with the Golden Globe nominated nominated song, Kokomo, by the Beach Boys. The one and only Which Beach was Boys. an original song for this movie, yes. which is just unbelievable. This that was... The song Kokomo was written for Cocktail, so at the very least we got Kokomo out of this movie. I mean, as somebody that appreciates it as a movie, but not likes it per se, I would say that the best thing and then now I understand why Jamaica is in that part of the song do I want to take it? yes, yeah. because he Lama Cruz in Jamaica normal bartender self obviously hates his life and uh, that's a joke by the way he is loving his life on the jamaican beach serving cocktails to rich white folks making serious tips uh 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 tagging and bagging all the divorcees and single women he can possibly see would a bartender in jamaica now make more than a bartender in in New York, I don't know because uh, they they Inflation? they outsource. No, they outsource at those bars. There's no like white dude at those bars. Oh yeah, no, they wouldn't. unless they're like head bartender, and then you, you and then everybody hates you. Like he, yeah. he, the thing with uh, like yeah, man, he's a dick, man. How's the here's the funniest thing about this fucking movie? The whole part of Act Two, where are the black people. There are no black. They're in Jamaica, and there's there only no part of the Jamaicans. Montages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Where only Jamaicans like that you see are in the background as extras. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? There's one speaking part for a Jamaican, and it's the guy who, who after he meets Elizabeth Shue, whose friend is has alcohol poisoning, which mm-hmm. they don't take as seriously as it as it should be taken. Yeah. Uh, she gets in the ambulance. She's on the she's on the beach on her back, and she has alcohol poisoning. That's yeah. great. That's great. I'm pretty sure that's how Bon Scott died, but you know that's just me. And she she gets in the the ambulance with Elizabeth Shue, and then uh, Tom Cruise and his his Jamaican ambulance driver friend are talking, and he's like, "Hey Brian, I gotta hit the road, man." That's literally his only that's his it. only words, and they made him say the word "mon." Yeah, like, he had to say "mon" just to just to justify their existence in Jamaica. Yeah. Oh my God, so horrible. Yeah, this movie holds up in 89 when uh, women didn't have as big of a role 
and we're seeing is possibly just uh or filming on location just not filming on location not including the culture whatsoever oh yeah women and culture who yeah. horsebacks rides in jamaica that's all i want to know white people i would like to see tom cruise's minority report on this movie uh yeah because it's it a failing not, grade it would not be it's impressive. a failing grade yeah yeah absolutely so bottom tis we can just skip Right to so yeah so Elizabeth no well, well, no the big yeah the big story is Elizabeth Shue yeah yeah absolutely Our, my girl at least everybody's girl, girl she wasn't in my girl but she should have been Elizabeth Shue Tom Cruise immediately in love and then they hook up they hook up Doug Cogman they love it no well they hook up no, they go Doug, to the beach Doug shows up before they hook up oh she goes there to say thanks to brian that's right bar. okay you got it then other brian brian brown shows up and says his usual stuff Cogsman's law, like, Cogsman's hey, law 73 I'm, I'm here i'm here to, to disrupt your life again so he comes back into tom cruise's life but but tom cruise is surprised because uh brian brown is now married to to the to one of the hottest women of the eighties, Kelly two, Lynch. Yeah, two years later. Kelly Lynch, two years later. Are you kidding me? Me, get this, people. If you don't know who Brian Brown looks like, first off, Google him. Second off, think of a sun bleached Australian dude with um what Farrah Fawcett feathery hair. Yeah, about 43, 44, like a, 45 a, years a gray, old. Gray, gray blonde. Marrying a twenty year old bombshell 20 24 25 i don't even know how she's 24 going on 20 she is she is immaculate in this movie she is good looking it's incredible her her character is flawed but i mean aren't we all this is where tom cruise gets the idea uh that you just marry rich that's that's the secret mm-hmm. that's and, what uh, coughlin says that's what coughlin says that's coughlin's law coughlin's law number 79 marry rich marry rich so this leads um, into Tom Cruise rejecting that idea at first and suddenly coming around to it later on, but not after a long, beautiful montage of the love that him and Miss Elizabeth Shue had. Exotical Jordan cows. in the movie. Jordan Mooney. is Jordan and Brian. Jordan and Brian. Brian, Brian. Jordan. And uh, they ride horses on the beach together. Which no one does, by the way, just to reiterate, no one they, does that. They make out under a waterfall, God. which I want to say she takes off her swimsuit. She goes naked. And Tom Cruise goes naked. You don't see You don't see quite everything. You don't see nothing, unfortunately. But Elizabeth, she's a, is, a, nice, a nice girl. But I, like I do want to mention that the key words on the IMDb of Cocktail, I'm going to give you the top three plot keywords. Oh, they got those. Okay. Yep. What what do we go? What number do we one is outdoor sex. Yes. Number two is skinny dipping. Yes. Number three is bikini. So it is. And then it's New York City, and then bartender. Oh, for sure. Number Those three, are bikini. The top five keywords. First two are from Elizabeth Shue. Number three, obviously, from Kelly Lynch. Yeah. That bikini scene itself, oh, like yeah, when the, when the she thong, drops her the towel, like that apparently is an iconic scene. Like and and yeah, it's 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 a totally unnecessary scene. But but I guess it's iconic nonetheless. Oh, yeah. So this so this all leads up to, of course, the audience knowing that Brian should end up with Jordan, wants to. Yeah. Wants to, but then realizes that he'll never be a millionaire if he gets with this girl. Oh yeah, because right? because then, her story is that she's an artist. 
Yeah. She's like a struggling artist teacher or whatever. And she, she's that's a all waitress, that, that's, waitress artist. That's all that, that's the story that she gives. Yeah. And that's all he knows. And so he has this conversation with Doug about it. Doug and the, the random drunks at the fucking. Yeah. He says, Carl goes low on them and under five. Like, go make out with that old lady over there. Yeah. She yeah. Give you the good stiff. That's right. And <laughs> <Good> uh, <stiff. laughs> so he takes the bait. They make a bet at the bar that he can't seduce his old lady. Yep. And of course he's sitting. She's not even old. She's like thirty. Yeah, Yeah. no, she's she's forties. She seems forties, like woman on top of her game. Sadly, she's the most positive portrayal of a uh, self-independent woman. I guess so. At that point, yeah, I would say so. I would say at that point. Actually, at that point in time, no, maybe Gina was pretty independent. Uh, Gina seemed like the girlfriend type. And Elizabeth, you find out later on, is more. uh, So it eventually works. Tom Cruise eventually beds this woman. Yeah. But here's the twist. As he's walking away with her. Wait, what happens? Uh, huh? Tell me. Oh, you, What's oh, the you, twist? Oh, you don't, you don't remember the twist. The twist. As he's walking away, Elizabeth Shue walks up, tries to get, tries no. to, tries to connect with him. Oh. On that one night because she thought it was Fuck. time. Yes. I'm leaving this one last Damn night. It. I have to go. Son of a bitch. But no, no. He leaves, and she sees she him saw? leave oh. with the other woman. Ah, oh. incredible! Damn it! My heart it broke right there. Fuck. So then she sees that and goes and back she to bails. New York. She yeah. bails. She bails within the night. Who? Which kudos to her for getting a flight out to New York from Jamaica in the at, middle you know, of the night, yeah. three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Guaranteed, she was at the airport like doing crosswords, crying while she while Tom Cruise was looking for her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so after Tom that, Cruise comes in with the long game, right? So he says, "I'm going back to New York with the old lady to be with her, but to check up on Elizabeth Shue at the same time." That's what I was sure about. Was he going back to be with the older lady? It's like he, he had a choice, to- and he didn't know when he'll ever see her again. But I guess he knew he, she was from New York, so he's like, "You know what? I'm just gonna go back to New York where it came from." I have this stable relationship. I'm going to keep with it. She's got money. She can help me yeah, out with my endeavors, whatever. The Doug thing. And then that's that's the end of the story. Because what? They were they were hanging out on uh, Coughlin's boat, and that's when he decided to do it. When they were in the river. Coughlin and, uh, and his pretty wife, hot wife. And yep. uh, yeah, so that was that. And that's the end of Act 2. End, end of, of Jamaica. Yeah, yep. end of J- the Jamaican journey the Jamaica of cocktail. Part, which was 30 minutes long, it felt like. Yeah, it wasn't long. Thirty I mean, to forty-five minutes. One, yeah, one thirty-six-ish. It's about the, yeah, the thirty-two minutes of pop. Moving on from that, we get back. Now we're back in New York. Back to New York. Tom Cruise is not like being back a, in a New pretty York boyfriend that has to do shit for his older woman yeah. girlfriend. He's sick of it. He's sick of having to be uh be this be this guy. He's sick of having everything paid for. Yeah, He's sick of this lavish lifestyle. She's hot ass fiance, girlfriend, whatever she is. Yeah, showing off for all of her donors or whatever. She yeah. is a very powerful woman. Yeah. I think it's the the factor of, you know, this does happen to some men. It doesn't happen to some men, which I'm surprised about. Yeah. They get conflicted with this uh idea that um that their partner is doing better than them. They're 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 feel intimidated. They feel weaker. They feel the not not as strong because and they've set up this character to feel like that for sure. Absolutely, because he's this go getter. He's the entrepreneur. He's the one that goes out and uh, owns it, so to speak. Yeah, and so of course he tries to get Jordan back, and we gotta we're gonna do the last bit of the movie in the next five 
minutes. Okay. Yeah, so he finally finds Jordan just randomly. Uh, uh, wasn't she out on a date or something? No, or he something remembers like that? the he remembers the the restaurant she works at. Yes. Okay, so she goes to the restaurant, bothers her. She's like, I don't want no part of you. Uh, a, B, and C is why I don't want proto party. You're you're immature. You're selfish. Blah blah blah. You're selfish. You're selfish. Blah blah blah. Oh, by the way, I'm also pregnant. Dun dun dun. You know that's the whole story from there. So it's him like being super conflicted now. Should he keep this cushy lifestyle, or should he take a risk and and be the father to this child that that of this girl that he barely knows and that he apparently loves so much yeah i mean this is where they grow the elizabeth shoe character where she's just like every time that he sits down with her he tries to charm her with all of his tom cruise bullshit and she's like nah, nah fuck your bullshit fuck your shit. every time she even goes on another date while she knows that she's pregnant with another guy's she baby, knows yeah just is, to spit in his face oh yeah so elizabeth shoe good to you girl like yeah she's doing her own damn thing and you gotta respect over. her for that like if back to the future happened I'll go back to that future. Right? But then again, this is 1988. So what happens in 1988? She, she, her personality apparently gets lost in the ether and he continues to pursue. Yep. So he continues to pursue. Meets uh, up with Doug again. One, la- one, one final go around uh, with his, with his, with his mentor. He arrives back again, even though, you know, Doug lives in the city, but apparently they don't hang out with each other all the time, even yep. though they reconciled, I guess, in act two. I'm not sure. Who knows? But, in five words, here's how it happens. Meet, drink, boat, Kelly Lynch tries to seduce him, suicide. Yeah, in that order. And we're talking about Tom Cruise, obviously. Tom Cruise doesn't commit suicide. Tom Cruise does not. So, so they basically reconcile. Uh, they have one last drink together. They go. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise takes his wife, takes Doug's uh, wife home. Doug's wife tries to do some. He comes Doug back t- to the Doug boat. Doug takes him to his yacht. Yeah. They they all hang out. They're all drinking. Everything's fun. Doug gets really drunk. Starts going off a little bit. And then Kelly's like, oh, I just want to go home. Tom Cruise takes her home. She's like, I can't do monogamy anymore. We got to be together. Because I just need somebody to sleep with. She wants that young D. Bartender. She wants that Tom. Tom D. Cruise control. Tom. Tom. Uh. Tom. 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 Uh. Tongue. Tongue Cox, cruise. Cox, she wants that Tom cruise. The tongue cruise. The tongue cruise. Oh, that's the that's yeah. the official one. That's the official. And uh, Tom Cruise is like, Coughlin's Law number one hundred nine. Tough shit. It's all ends in nines, by the way, folks. Yeah. And. Uh, Goes back to the boat where Doug has committed suicide, slitting his wrists and his and own his throat, throat with a bottle of Dom Perignon. He's, he breaks a bottle of Dom Perignon and slits his own throat with it. Killed that him. is in fucking sane way to commit suicide. That that blows my mind. That some like slitting your wrists seems like a good way. To and there were suicide. maybe like three F-bombs in this entire movie. I think if, if that horrifically gory scene wasn't in the movie Cocktail, this movie probably would have made a PG-13 rating. But the fact that there is so much blood and that it's just so violent with like his eyes open staring at the camera like, oh, I'm laying on this table with all this blood and it's from my wrist and from my throat. And my throat. God, it's so takes crazy. Some fucking... Ah, oh, I can't even... It's a horrible thing about it. And then, so, of course, this changes Tom Cruise's lookout on life. He decides, you know what? Things aren't so bad. Gets a letter from 
Doug after he died, his suicide note, which just says, Coughlin's Law, bury the dead, they stink up the joint. As for the rest of Coughlin's Laws, ignore them. The guy was always full of shit. <laughs> but I guess you knew that already. I <laughs> live my life for nothing. Don't yeah. live your life for yeah. nothing. He writes a very, very sad suicide note, and uh, which leads Tom Cruise to getting the girl. Yeah, eventually it's him. It's him realizing his destiny goes and uh, and apparently wins Elizabeth Shue over by being violent and uh, yeah. So Elizabeth Shue is rich this whole time, which we did not mention. Oh yeah, spoiler alert! He goes and finds where she lives, which happens to be a penthouse with her father. Yeah, Uh, she happens to be affluent to say the least. He he doesn't apparently care about the money. His uh, her father apparently speaks the the whole story. He's I'm beyond the money. I'm living my own life. This is my own journey, and I'm taking it. And you're coming with me. And Elizabeth, she was like, you know it, baby. I'm with you all the way, and so is this baby and me. Yep. And then he gets in a fight with a poor elevator guy, who just didn't deserve to get punched in the face, but does get punched in the face. He already looked like a uh, uh, like a circus ringmaster. What more can you ask for him? And. then we pan to pan to their marriage happily ever after pan to the marriage in the bar finally gets to open a bar of his dreams and guess what if what guess what is it called oh flanagan's flanagan's and dreams cocktails and dreams flanagan's cocktails and dreams you, you got the names of two bars mixed kidding. into one bar yeah it's just it's unbelievable that anybody goes to that bar because i wouldn't no one would it's the worst thing and then he goes oh and then we didn't even mention the best parts of this whole movie he uh, tom cruise does two poems not one two poems in this movie one is at well at the end of act one or the middle of act one where he uh, boasts about being a bartender i am the world's last barman poet i see america drinking the fabulous cocktails i make america's getting stinking on something i stir or shake this is the end of the third act the very end of the movie, he does one more beat poem, which, you know, call it poetry. It wasn't, wasn't uh, as bad as the first one. wasn't I'll as bad as the first one, because it was more sentimental. It was more yeah, the story yeah. of... Uh, of and uh, honestly, if that's off the top of his head, good, good job. Yeah, good job. sure. It wasn't, but, you know... But if it, if it was written in a script, then uh, it could have been better. Could have been better. Could have been better. I'll say that. And um, that's the end of Cocktail. I, that's Cocktail. I mean, I feel like I already need another cocktail. I'm drinking the rest of Stephen's Cocktail. You go right ahead. It's all water. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to play a, a little game, and then we're going to throw to a guest recording that is happening at a different time. So, the only lead-in I'll do for that is something you'll find out right after we play our game. You'll find it. You'll find a better lead-in than that. Real quick game for me and you. What's what's What, what game are we playing? What reindeer game are we playing here? We're playing... Name that bar. So we each come up with our own bar name, and then we uh, tell the listeners just what we would do. And if that bar is something they would go to, they will tell us, and we'll find out the winner then. So, Steven, pitch me your bar. Oh, man. So, I got ideas. I don't know about you, but I got ideas. So, I got this one bar. So, I love a good dive bar. Love them. You know what a dive bar is. It's the bar that you don't expect to be anything. You just go in there, you see a couple stools. Yeah, mermaids, um, water. Oh, not dive. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
I know what yeah. you're talking about. No, no, no brass helmets. No, uh, no aquariums. Okay, no yeah, nothing like that. Going, so, so a good dive bar would be something where you see a couple stools, you see a couple booths. Uh, more than likely, with the cushions ripped, uh, you get a jukebox. You maybe got a TV. Be lucky if you got a TV. Um, and then you have your your standard mirrored bar, um, with perhaps carpet because if it's, it can't be a good dive bar unless there's some carpet either yeah, in the yeah, doorway stained, stained or on the carpet, bar yeah. <laughs> like because a bar is totally unnecessary to have carpet it's totally unnecessary to have carpet in a bar but this bar would be open 24 hours a day so you can only serve alcohol between the, you know the allotted alcohol serving hours but the rest of the day it's just there like it's there obviously it controls the population it's not filled it's, it's not filled with homeless people it's not a Patty's Patty's pub if you would It'd be just be open twenty four hours during the times that it can't serve alcohol. It'll put like coffee on, or it'll have like maybe small breakfast items, or it's, there's always something there in between people to go to. Um, and there's activities to be had, like you you perhaps have pinball there, you have shuffleboard. It's just your classic dive bar. Um, but it's in a building. It's in its own little building. It's in a building. It's, That's it's, good. It's, it's its own little building. It's not like a little pop-up shop. It's its own little shop. So in the back, you'll have like your standard like sinks, uh, 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 washing machines maybe. You could have a shower there for like a manager's office, whatever, do whatever. Um, it's a com- It can be a commercial kitchen too. You know, it's certified people in the back working, maybe, maybe cleaning some pots and pans, maybe producing some food or whatever. And this sounds um, detailed. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's in 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 you, you, it could potentially you cater just detailed like every single dive bar. So <laughs> it could potentially cater to what, the public what makes crowd. Yours, so what's your name and what makes it different? Is um, what I want to know. It's it's different because it can cater to the community. I was just kidding to that actually. Okay. It can cater to the community, um, help outreach for maybe people getting jobs as well if they're like not drinking and during the non uh, drinking hours. And maybe get jobs, maybe reach out for educational purposes, maybe reach out for like sanitation purposes. Um, I call it the soup kitchen. It sounds like a soup kitchen. I think I just described yeah. a soup kitchen. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. That's, yeah. yeah, that's my so bar. You're the soup kitchen. The soup kitchen. All right. Okay. We're yeah. That's people, not my shoe. Homeless people love that bar. That that sounds great. Uh, it's my, not for My bar is inspiration from cocktail. Okay. Which I just came up with. Uh, it's going to be called Bard. Bard. And it is a prison themed bar. Yes. The bar is protected by prison bars. You can't touch the bartenders. They like that. Many girls come to work, they wear the striped pinstripes. And uh that's just that's it. That's how I make my money. Like it it just has a very prison vibe to it, but still enough to where you're like can be comfortable sitting down. So so let me get this straight. You get a bar where the bartenders are in a cage. Yes. And then the patrons are all on the open floor and you're thinking of bar a bar having like stainless steel cafeteria tables. Yeah. Yes. Stainless steel benches, stainless yes. steel stools. Yes, very niche. Um, um many, many guards obviously regulating with oh, weaponry yeah, yeah. and bouncers. Yeah. Weaponry and yeah, and or they, melee weapons. No weapons, but they're dressed as uh, correctional officers. Um, what's uh, what are we just serving a a, a toilet wine? Or what, oh, what are we serving here? That that's the all all the drinks are named after different types of shitty, you know, shitty prison, prison situations. Drinks, prison drinks, like but they're all like good. Gay, but they're like good gay for the stay. But they're good cocktails. Though. Oh, okay. So it people Pr- are prison shank. Yeah. 
And outside, outside, there's a back patio with one basketball hoop and just barbed wire around the... Uh, the and a free weight system, obviously. Yes. Olympic weight system. Yes. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely just a bench. Yeah. Just a bench press. No weights. Gonna do just burpees. a bar. Like I just people, do burpees People and can go and just like knock, knock some 45-pounders oh out. God. Yeah. Oh my god! You, yeah, you I got think it. mine wins. I yeah, mean, your like, your yours wins. That's uh, I wasn't even trying with mine, but you, you you already had a theme set up. I just want a soup kitchen. I just yeah. feel like I just live in a neighborhood full of homeless <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to go just hang wanna, out in a soup kitchen. You just want to make a difference in your community. I just what want is, some free soup. What is, wrong, what is wrong with you? Okay, so now it's time for our final blurbs. Final blurbs. Do you have your blurb? I I, I feel like you should go first because okay, I've I been can, leading this whole I time. Can, I can definitely go first. I I just thought of mine. About 15 minutes ago. My blurb is Cocktail, the movie where you need cocktails and where dreams go to die. All right. Good call. All right. Uh, uh, my blurb would be Tom Cruise, Elizabeth Shue, and uh, Brian Brown are, are give phenomenal f- performances in this movie. Everything else about this is terrible. That's it. That's it. That's it for the pod. Hey, this... Steven, thank you for uh, for being my new host. Pleasure to be here, and uh, happy that you could you could jump on board the real riding train. It was great. It was a great time. Great, great talking about uh, Tom Cruise's. I can't believe it. Worst movie. It's not my. It's not my Tom Cruise worst movie. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but as we say here, real rotten. Thanks for joining in on real rotten. Stay real, stay rotten. And now we're going to have our special guest moment, which is going to be. Uh, one of us talking to somebody else. And welcome back. I'm here for the exclusive interview for Cocktail, the movie. Uh, I found somebody deep down the well. And by the well, I mean the part behind the bar with all the cheap shit. I'm interviewing our bartender at my wedding DJ gig business, Mr. Brett. Say hello, Brett. Hello. So Brett is a bartender, correct? Uh, yes. How long have you been a bartender? Well, um, overall, probably about 15 years. 15 years. Mm-hmm. Were you a bartender during the cocktail years? Actually, I was. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit of how cocktail might have changed your life? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Do you want to delve into that, do you? Um, let's see. When I was a bartender, when I was 21 years old, TGI Fridays, the movie Cocktail came out. TGI Fridays was the movie Cocktail. Basically, yes, because the original TGI Fridays in New York City, if I'm not mistaken, was the um, first bar that they worked in. This is true, yes. Wow. So you were, you're an OG TGI Fridays person. Yeah, you know, back in the day with the flare, throwing the bottles. Did you, did you flare? Oh, yeah, I flared. You did? <laughs> Did you wear the short shorts and the ties? No, we no, we weren't allowed to wear the short shorts. Although I have the legs for the short shorts. Did you ever stand on the bar and do poetry like Tom Cruise? No, but I've done some other things on the bar, such as dancing and um, pouring screaming orgasm drinks out of my pants for the girls. So we're, I'm talking to Tom Cruise right now, basically. Oh, this you know. Is, this is. This is an exclusive interview, okay? The first of many to come, because I've yet to actually interview somebody that has some real experience nice. <laughs> in, the, in the movie. <laughs> what was your favorite, what was the most 80s thing that happened to you while bartending? The most 80s You don't have thing. to incriminate yourself. Well, you know, I'm going to try to stay away from the cocaine 
and uh, <laughs> the girls. Uh, no, seriously, though, um, no, the 80s were different. It was different. It was a different time. Um, we had a lot of, where I worked especially, we had a lot of ball players coming in, baseball, football, basketball, because Bay Area's teams um, all came in. So we had a lot of fun back then. And did you ever find yourself uh, trying to move to Jamaica and being a bartender there? <sighs> no, because where I worked and when I worked at TGI Fridays, it was probably the best um, Fridays in the area, if not like close to the nation. I mean, Fridays and Saturday nights, we had the fire marshal there closing the bar down because we had so many people in all the time. Do you remember the movie Cocktail when it came out? Yeah, you know, in fact, we, uh, as the bartender staff, all went and watched it together. Was it a real bonding experience? You know, it was, uh, I don't know about bonding, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty damn funny because Tom Cruise apparently was trained by a TGI Friday's uh, Bartender Olympics winner for the movie. So everything he did, we already were doing. So you guys saw stuff happen. You're like, oh, been there. Like, oh, this, this is just like flashback of your life. Like, it, as it, it was it, it was pretty much that. But um, at the same time, it was it was hilarious because there was parts in the movie, and especially in the the first uh, bar that that worked in New York City, TGI Fridays, the girls all wore the striped shirts and you know the red and white striped shirts like Fridays does. But uh, Tom Cruise and the guy behind the bar got to wear whatever yeah. they wanted because. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't want to wear those yeah. shirts, but I remember one part in the movie where the uh, cocktail waitress comes up and orders a um, uh, Cuba Libra. I'm not breathing till I get my Cuba Libra. And Tom Cruise looks at the other bartender like, what the hell is a Cuba Libra? And the bartender looks at him and says, look at the book, you know, basically. So he has to go look it up. And that's our experience because nobody would tell you how to make a drink. You had to go look it up. If you, can't, if you couldn't remember it, look it up so you could remember it. So Tom Cruise goes and looks it up and comes back to the girl and goes, You bitch! Why didn't you just tell me it was a rum and coke? So, and we, we were dying laughing because we all had that same experience. Well, speaking of drink names, it's time to play the game portion of uh, the interview. Oh, you didn't tell me about this. We're playing a game. Yeah, oh, so we'll see, my if you goodness. Can, you see if you can get a W. So I'm going to name drink names, and you got to tell me which is a real name and which one I made up. Oh, okay. knowing your mind, Nick. Oh, boy. I don't know. There's some really dirty drink names out there, so I was just trying to stay on par with those. So we'll start off with, uh, with the, uh, the red eye. Is that a real drink? It is. It's a beer with tomato juice. And it's in the movie Cocktail. So how about uh, a Kraken Coke? You know, I'm going to guess that's Kraken Rum and Coke, but that's not something I knew and learned. Am I correct? Are you, well, what's your answer? Are you saying it's real or fake? I'm going to say it's real. You're wrong. That, that ah, one I made up. That would have been a good name for a drink yeah, with so, Kraken Rum. Yeah, there you go. It's actually just crack and coke. Oh my yeah, goodness! That's that is a bad combination. Stay away from drugs, kids. <laughs> Speaking of crack, we got sand in the crack. That's another one. I think that one is real, but I don't know. 
it's not a drink that I learned. I don't know. You might want to follow your gut. Real. You're right. It's real. He's he's uh, two for three so far. Doing doing well. Okay, the next one we got is the finger stainer. Good lord. Where do you come up with these things? I didn't come up with that one, possibly. You know, back in the day, when I was bartending, when I was young, drink names came from the alcohol content and juice or whatever mix. Nowadays, people make up stuff. Yeah, they just, it's like... And call like it whatever. Weed, it's like weed names. Like yeah, Surfer things. on Acid has nothing to do with the content of the drink that was one of the first shots i ever took in a bar oh my the gosh worst idea <laughs> you my, think yeah my friend threw up and got us kicked out of the bar great <laughs> so what was the real, drink real again or fake the finger stainer all right just because i know you i'm gonna say no you're correct that is not real <laughs> okay next one on the same sort of vibe we got the anal fizz <clears throat> wow, Nick, where do you come up with this stuff? I might have not come up with that. I'm I don't saying. know. I've never heard of that, so I'm going to say fake again. Oh, wow. He's, he's on a roll so far. Okay, the next one is a short trip to hell. On that one, I'm going to say I've never heard of it again, but then again, I'm going to say probably maybe okay, let's say yes. You are correct. That is real. Okay, next up, we got a drunken sailor. Definitely a drink. Definitely a drink. Do you know what's in the drunken sailor? No. Me either, but it's real. <laughs> I didn't bother to write down any of these drinks. Uh, they'll be in the show notes if you guys go back and look at the show notes, which yeah. I don't think anybody's done yet. I want to see the anal fizz. <laughs> yeah, the anal fizz. That's a drink of my own making. <laughs> It's only for late nights. <laughs> late. Yes, oh. and the, so the, we only got two left. So we got skunk juice. I freaking don't even like you right now. <laughs> because the, let's go back to the old-fashioned, the Manhattan. I'm not going to say old-fashioned. Uh, I know you know that's a drink because I, I know it's a drink. I uh, chose ones that I didn't even know were drinks. What was it called again? A skunk juice. Mm, I'm going to say that is uh, real. Damn it. Uh, I made that one up. Damn too. it. Should know better. Yep. How do you even know those things? I just thought of skunk juice for some Why? <laughs> My point is why? <laughs> Nobody ever asked me why. Okay, that, let that be a lesson to you out there in the world. I just want to know your brain. And the last one we got is voodoo. Voodoo. I'd say yes. You're correct. That's a real drink. I and think I, that, I want to say that's sh Chambord. Yeah, that one seems like one that is actually... Yeah, uh, something like that. Okay, so I'm going to tally them all up. You went... Six, seven for, seven, six, seven. For, six for eight, seven for nine, one of those yeah, two. One of those. But you won. You won the game. Congratulations, Brad. Yay! You won my million dollars. You win a free recording and the fame from this podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, thanks for indulging me. And uh, we got a late night, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go back to work. We'll talk more about this later. <laughs> <laughs>